Ready to keep you company wherever you are. Card Blanche, the podcast, brings you immersive, hard-hitting stories anytime, anywhere, every week. It's bye-bye March and hello April as we bring you another episode of The Whole Week Wrap with Daily Maverick and Carte Blanche. Coming your way today, it's the docuseries we never knew we wanted. Convicted rapist Tabor Bester's prison break has everyone, including Parliament, buzzing. Then, does John Steenhuisen have what it takes to lead the DA in the 2024 elections? Later, thousands of teens are storming malls across the country and, quite frankly, we just don't get it. No single reporter could put their finger on exactly why they're doing it. Maybe because you've got over 20-year-old reporters covering the story. You need to get 15-year-olds. And some justice for late whistleblower Babita Diokaran as authorities finally make their move. Here's political journalist Queenen Maswabi and carte blanche's Senekitiwe Hlanze. Queenen, I've been suffering dizzy spells because there's been too many twists for our first story. The moment you think, okay, it's a crazy story, but I get it. It's like, wait, there's more. Before we get into it, though, I think an honorary shout out to Ground Up. They've done really, really stellar investigative work on this particular matter. Till it got to the attention of the masses and eventually government. We're talking about Tabo Besta. He's a serial rapist and murderer. He escaped from the Mangawung prison last year. A fire started in his cell and it was made to seem that Besta had died in the blaze. However, it has now been revealed that Besta is actually alive and kicking. He's been living it up in Johannesburg in an upmarket mansion driving around in fancy cars, running a property company under the name TK Nguana. All of this, it seems, with the aid of his girlfriend, Dr. Nandi Pamakutumana. The duo are currently on the run. I think this is the part where we enter that Netflix It's been a Netflix series for me as well. I think just for the mere fact that uh, Ground Up broke the story and now we are getting bits and pieces of the details that came with the story. So basically, we're finding out how exactly he escaped, who was involved, and basically heads are rolling at the moment. Government is feeling quite embarrassed, as the minister in the presidency, Kumbuzo Nchabeni, said this week. Mm. And um, there are a number of suspensions that, that have been handed to officials from the Department of Correctional Services. So there is quite a lot happening. And as we find out more detail, I can't help but think of just the level of corruption in our correctional services facilities in the country. This had to be bankrolled because how do you get a body inside the prison without setting off any type of alarm with authorities or officials? And also, he was not really hiding. Yeah, he was basically hiding in plain sight. And no one actually thought he was alive. So no one was looking for him. It was a master plan by Tabo Besta. He had the backing of, obviously, uh, wardens who were supposed to be making sure that Criminals do not escape. Criminals are kept in a certain line. But unfortunately, we see that there is a particular warden 
who was dismissed, but he bought a car a month before Tabobesta apparently escaped mm-hmm. from the correctional facility. And in his wisdom, he went to social media and flaunted it all over his Facebook. I swear social media is going to be the end for most people because if he didn't go on social media to flaunt his Nobody would car, have known. Nobody yeah, would have, no have anything. And I think for the mere fact that he went into work on a day where he was supposed to be off, that was yes. the first red flag. And the second one was the kind of car he bought. Obviously, there was disclosure of how much wardens do get on a monthly basis. And when you look at the car he bought, there were a lot of doubt and a lot of questions about how he could afford the car. And of course, that is just a small piece of the puzzle. There are so many people. G4S, the company that has been running the facility, they are in a lot of trouble because now government is reviewing the contract that they have with them. They've done quite a poor job of um, ensuring that the facility is secure. There's also surprisingly on various radio stations, prisoners from within Mangawong have been calling on to radio stations, giving insights, saying, you guys would be surprised, but... This is not news to us, hearing of an escape. It has been an embarrassing saga for the Department of Correctional Services and Crime Intelligence for that matter. And, and so I think as much as we may laugh in some ways or, you know, out of shock, it's shocking. The official opposition has held its federal Congress. The gathering comes off the back of some of its mayors being ousted in certain metros, some leaders announcing resignations. The Democratic Alliance needs a moment to properly introspect, reflect on policy and consider its future ahead of next year's elections. Queenan, big question, what does the future look like for the Democratic Alliance? The Democratic Alliance has been doing internal polling. And according to their polling, they believe that they stand quite a good chance. But what's dependent on how well they do at the polls will be who is at the helm of the party. And I think this past weekend, they have elected leadership, John Steenhazen, and all their polling says that John is the right person to move mm. the party forward, to help the party gain more support. And mainly because of the dynamic and the you know, political play at the moment. Now, with losing all these votes to the Freedom Front Plus, it's made it very hard for them to, to make any advances. Because at the same time, when you look at the Black support base in South Africa and the black vote, it usually is going to the EFF and the ANC. So the DA at the moment needs to be very creative in how they move forward and how they are formulating plans to ensure that they're able to be a a viable competitor next year. Does John Stian Hazen have the charisma or the draw card to appeal to people outside of the membership of the DA? I actually spoke to a political analyst yesterday. And what they said to me was that they don't believe that John is capable of drawing more supporters. There have been a lot of talks about whether John, as the face of the party, is able to compete with Cyril Ramaphosa, who is the president Mm. of the country and the ANC. Because when you go to polling that was done previously, especially 2021, just before elections, you see how Ramaphosa is rated as the most likable leader, the most popular leader, 
And also, he's rated to be more popular than his own political party, which is good for the ANC. But for John, on the other hand, um, Mm. there's a lot of skepticism about whether he should be the face. Because the party is really trying to grow, but is this going to happen? I mean, he was there in 2021. Things were not particularly good for any other party. Even the DA itself had quite a thrashing. It was was not a good outcome for any party, but the DA was not in a better situation either. They had some gains, they had some losses. But only time will tell what it is that John can do to change maybe the perception that voters have of him, or image, or I don't know if you can change your likability, though. (laughs) I don't know if that's possible. But um, it it seems like there's a lot that he needs to work on as a leader. There's a lot of work to be done by all parties as we look forward to the national elections next year. Now, if I say the words Lutwizi, what comes to mind? Probably nothing, because you're most likely unfamiliar with this new phrase. It's a trend on TikTok. Quinnan, why don't you paint a picture for us? So it's a trend that's been making waves in our country since last year. Young people kind of, they organize themselves to meet at a particular location, be it a mall, anywhere where there are people, they meet up there and they kind of cause havoc. What was your initial reaction? Because I'll tell you mine. I had so many questions. So it's just like, why? At first I thought, is it a school thing? Is it like a dance battle? Is it, I kept coming back to why? I, it made me feel old because I don't get it. I honestly do not get it. But apparently it is just a movement on TikTok and it derives from those who are supporters of two famous uh, rappers, Playboy Cardi and Yeet. And if, if you've listened to Playboy Cardi's music or if you've seen him perform, he's always dressed very goth in black. Okay. So, so these teenagers are also dressed like very goth, black. So they storm the mall dressed in black. And are they just running around? I, honestly, I don't get it because um, I read up quite a bit on it to get a better understanding. Yeah. But no single reporter could put their finger on exactly why they're doing Maybe it's because you've got it's just over 20-year-old reporters tr- covering the story. You need to get 15-year-olds out there to speak amongst, to speak for their people because maybe it's a generation thing. Because in all honesty, the videos I've seen are wild. The articles I've read still leave me with the question, why? Teenagers being teenagers, um, we are in the social media era and maybe this is just their way of disrupting society and saying we hear their way of stamping their presence in society. I just, I don't get it. I came across a quote from the Melon Guardian article by a so-called Lou Tweezy member. He says... It was never meant to go like that, and it is not a cult. It's just teenagers having fun. It's not a big deal. Why are you guys attacking us? This is our way of having fun. Now I'm like, which part of storming, running across the mall, getting involved in a fight is fun? So it's really a generational thing. I won't lie to you. Maybe we don't understand it but they know exactly what it means to them. The kids are not all right. 
from politics to prison breaks, it's been a heavy news week. So let's turn our sights to something a bit more hopeful. The next story gives me hope that while the wheels of justice turn slowly, they eventually do. One day we'll get to the bottom of the senseless killing of Babita Diokaran. She raised alarm about a series of payments that were made by the Gauteng House Department. Now, recently, the Hawks conducted raids as part of their investigation into a one billion rand tender at the Tembisa Hospital. The certain seizure operations were conducted at the properties of ANC Ekuruleni Treasurer General Selo Sekoko. This is a major move, Queen. It is a major move because the entire society, we've been waiting for a breakthrough yeah. on what has been happening in Tembisa Hospital because there have been numerous stories. And again, we need to acknowledge all the journalists who've yes. put themselves on the line to report on these matters and these issues. It's not an easy feat knowing that a whistleblower was uh, Mm. killed because of this. So I think there is hope. There's hope that the police are working on the case. It shows progress. But I'm more interested to find out what they were able to seize and what information they were able to get from the rape. To give us some light as to why Sekoko is maybe a person of interest, it was revealed last year that his three companies had received 14.5 million rand from 55 contracts from Tambisa Hospital. Sikoko also received more than 80 million rand in tenders from other hospitals in the province, despite allegedly not having a valid certificate to sell medical products. I think it's going to be very interesting to see who else the hawks or the police are looking into. I think, like you said earlier, journalists and the media have done a lot of great work to reveal sensitive details pertaining to Babita's murder. And it's good to see police coming to the fore and doing work that we've been desperate to see them do. I I think overall, we all complain about the the wheels of justice in our country and how slowly they turn at times. But seeing the timelines for how the Hawks and law enforcement as a whole has dealt Mm. with this Timbisa Hospital saga, it gives me a bit of hope. And I can assure you that both Carte Blanche and Daily Maverick will follow closely developments pertaining to this matter. And with that, it's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Catch us again next week for another whole week wrap. Until then, why not join the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else? We always love hearing from you.